This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. A special edition of the Offscript podcast. Hello, it's myself, Chris McCarty. What have we got coming up then? Well, Khabib Nurmagomedov and Clarence Seedorf. There's a sporting union you didn't know you needed in your lives. They've linked forces. A new performance club launching right here in the United Arab Emirates. That's an exclusive. We've got another exclusive for you. We're in conversation with the former CEO of Golden Boy Promotions in the world of boxing. This is Richard Schaefer. He's got a new venture. It's called Probellum. We're finding out what he's up to right here in the United Arab Emirates and all, all of that wasn't enough. Massive announcement in the world of golf news that the European Tour as of 2022 will be called the DP World Tour. We're in conversation with the European Tour CEO Keith Pelly as to what it means for the fans, the players and what the future holds for the European game. The Off Script Podcast. There's only one place to start, Rob, and that yeah. is a rather bizarre press conference that took place in Dubai. Totally bizarre at the Almas Centre uh, down in JLT. And um, in Sauntered, the undefeated legendary UFC fighter Habib Nurmagomedov, mm-hmm. legendary footballer, the only man to win three different Champions League titles with three different football clubs. What a record that remains. Those off. They were Ajax, Real Madrid and AC Milan. Too easy. Yeah, you are right. And it transpires that um, they've been good pal, which is weird as well. You know, if you ask me which footballer is a good pal of Habib Nurmagomedov, I'd have probably said probably Ronaldo. Yeah, I wouldn't have said a man who played, you know, his the peak of his powers in the 90s and early 2000s, Clarence Seedorf. Mm. Um, but they have formed a, a very strong friendship, it would seem. They mentioned that on more than one occasion. Yes, they did. And they've decided to bump heads and come up with a footballing and MMA-inspired kind of academy, for Correct. want of a better word. Yes, the Seedorf Habib Performance Club, SK Performance Club, is its title. It is a football school with a unique training methodology that will combine football and and mixed martial arts. That is what they were selling to us a little earlier today. And it's a vision that essentially, the long and short of it, and listen, it's a vision that is noteworthy because what they want to do is they want to get kids off social media. They want to get mm. kids away from the vices that I think we all bemoan. And they want to get them active. Khabib not happy. Well. He's not happy no, about kids dancing on TikTok. No, no, he really isn't. But what's the whole connection to mixed martial arts and making your football better? I mean, is there any thinking well, behind that specifically? Yeah, there is. I think I think Khabib was at pains, and we're going to hear from both of these individuals. But I mean, it was it was a real good press conference, and what unfurled was the fact that they talked a lot about mental kind of you know foibles, if you will, the mental solidity that you require both in football and MMA. There is crossover, of course. You need to be physically fit. The mental aspect of it as well. Khabib mentioned that Clarence Sadoff was his late father's favourite player growing up, and the fact that they've known each other, I think, all the way back. I think they've known each other for the best part of fifteen years. Yeah. Oh, wow. And and the thing that is inescapable is how intelligent Khabib is. When you make eye contact with that guy, you can see the sharpness in his eyes. He is someone who's a deep thinker and nothing gets past him. He's he's very observant. You can tell that. And he was also unfailingly polite. And what everyone says about how Khabib has these incredible kind of, you know, this ethical code that has guided him throughout his career. And he's the sort of antidote to the the sort of lewd behavior of the like of Conor McGregor he's the perfect example of someone who presents a different approach and a different way of doing yeah. things and you know that could be a PR construct but no. then you see him and you realise yeah he really does have those values and he really is a polite um, well mannered 
was respectful. Yeah. I mean, he was. We thought that they were going to basically do a, a quick TV interview and then they were going to leg it. There was a big queue, media scrum. You know, Khabib clearly, he looked at a little sideways glance. He thought, oh, he doesn't like the look of this at all. He then had to leave to speak to someone. He said, don't know where I'm coming back. And then sure enough, they came back and we got our scrum. And Khabib, to, to echo what Robbie said there, uh, a quick word on Clarence as well. Clarence, likewise, very intelligent, very articulate, as Clarence said often, and we can bang the drum for these gentlemen all night, really, but we're going to hear from them. This is the Seed of Khabib Performance Club. The plan is uh, not only to establish local and regional partnerships, that's the plan to operate these performance clubs around the world based on a licensing or a joint ventures model with plans to open 10 locations around the world in the next five years. This is Khabib Nomagomadov, Clarence Seedorf, bringing you the Seed of Khabib Performance Club. So the question, and Robbie was an intrepid reporter here, steamed straight and said, lads, listen, great. Why the two of you? What's the connection? And most importantly, why the United Arab Emirates? Well, the why, I mean, first of all, uh, when we met, it was an instant uh, friendship. Uh, the respect was there before. Uh, of course, we follow each other when we were athletes. But a uh, very special relationship came out. And uh, we have the uh, same mission in life. We want to, you know, uh, uh, give something back to, to the young generations. And this is not a Dubai project. This is a global project. Uh, the, our, our, our company is based in Dubai. Um, but we have, uh, again, the same mission, and we want to just uh, give back through this project as well. Now, I do not want to offend anyone. I will start there, because what I'm about to say may well offend one or two. It's not my mission to do that, but I've been here long enough now to have seen Mike Tyson pass through here, talking up his Mike Tyson Academy. To my knowledge, there is no Mike Tyson Academy. David Hay, another former boxer, was looking to open up his gym. To my knowledge, there is no David I'll Hay throw gym. something else at you. The Tiger Woods Dubai. The Tiger Woods Dubai. That was long talked about. Investment went in. The Tiger Woods Dubai has not opened. I also look at the Michael Johnson, the legendary 1996 Olympic champion, 200 metres, 400 metres. A lot was talked about him bringing his brand to this region. To my knowledge, there is no Michael Johnson Academy. So the question, and again, our intrepid Robbie Greenfield put it to the guys timelines lads we've been here over the course before when can we expect to see the seed of khabib performance club in operation i think like 2023 we're gonna have like more than 10 performance club in the world around the world you know like and uh, we're planning uh, uh, opening couple uh, minimum couple in africa because uh, there is like a lot of talent young young uh, guys a lot you know like if we talk about like here in uae russia or canada europe all kids they uh, wake up morning, they drink cappuccino, they have good life. But what about uh, Africa? You know, they try to find water, you know, and they're hungry. On this sport, what you need? You have to be hungry. You have to be hungry. I know how was he hungry when he, when he grew up, when he was like 7, 8, 10 years old. Um, right now he's good, I know, but, <laughs> but same, same about me. Same about me. When I was young, I know how, how, how was I am hungry. You know, this is very important on this game, football and MMA. To become success, you need you have to be hungry. You sort of segued there from actual hunger yeah. um, into being hungry for success. Correct. I don't know where the link was there, but we sort of missed that. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to argue. <laughs> <laughs> I was still spellbound by the size of his head. <laughs> 
that head of Khabib Nurmagomedov's Robbie's obsessed honestly, with. it's like a lump of granite. <laughs> it is huge. With yeah. two cauliflowers positioned either side. I mean, honestly, you know, when you see fighters, Poirier was the same. You're like, you're in awe of them because they are built just differently to other athletes. There's a slightness, there's a slenderness of footballers, top footballers. I do sincerely hope Could Khabib be, Nurmagomedov um, is not listening no, to this. No, but I'm not, it's not a, no, no, honestly, it's a compliment, if anything. I'm well aware. It just, you just know that that is an extremely hard individual. Yeah, you do, do not you mess know? with Khabib Nurmagomedov. Well, it is like a I'm amazed that people who fought Khabib have not come out of that octagon and said it just hurt my hand punching his face. I'm sure they have, Rob. They just don't see it. Because it just, it, uh, no wonder punches just bounce off him. If you notice, he's never been rocked. No, he hasn't. He's got a big head, according to Rob. <laughs> what about locations? Let's get back on point. Forget Khabib's head. What's he up to? When can we expect Dubai, elsewhere in the Gulf? Khabib had this to say. I think for sure if we're open here in Dubai, we need, we need performance kind in Abu Dhabi. We're going to work on this in future. You know, it's like... Yeah, for sure, for sure. We're going to have Abu Dhabi and Dubai to perform a scope. It's, it's at least at minimum. The Offscript Podcast. Very, very special guest joins us live on the line. You're a boxing fan, Kompo? I am. Muhammad Ali, dad, was a big, big fan. I mean, who isn't? Who isn't? The greatest of them all. I'm particularly excited to welcome this man into the conversation. I've been very fortunate in my journalistic career to sit down with the great Freddie Roach. I've sat down with Manny Pacquiao. It's kind of almost, in a lot of ways, completing the trifecta because I'm delighted to say that joining us live on the line from the US, it is the former CEO of Oscar De La Hoya's Golden Boy Promotions. He's turned president of a brand brand new global boxing and media company launched back in September. It is called Probellum. It is the one and only Richard Schaefer. Good evening to you, Richard. Well, good evening to you. Thank you so much for having me. I say evening, Richard. Of course, you're stateside, so it's still morning with you. Is that right? Yes, it's seven o'clock in the morning here. So uh, usually, uh, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, uh, I might be a little rusty doing the (laughs) interview, but uh, I'm sure we'll be okay. Well, listen, you've set the alarm very early for us this morning. We Thank you for that. And listen, let's get into it. I've got so many questions for you. I've got to say congratulations, first and foremost, on your new venture, Probellum. I guess let's start there. What is it about and what is its role within the current boxing ecosystem, sir? Well, what attracted me to Probellum was the strength of the team behind it. Uh, a super smart group of people uh, with Harrison Whitman, former chief strategist from Top Rank, uh, Eric Winter, former CEO of Rivals.com and Yahoo, and uh, the one who built the UFC Fight Pass, uh, Anthony Petoso, a Emmy Award-winning uh, a producer for uh, boxing and, uh, and, and and MMA content. Uh, so it's really an amazing group. And then, of course, our chairman, chairman Ali Shamspour, because it starts with the people. But the people really had the vision as well. And the vision is to build a boxing promotion company that unifies where the best fight the best, where we work together. And uh, we issued that mission and the vision statement uh, when we founded the company a few weeks ago, about five, five, six weeks ago, and we have uh, we have done exactly that. We continue to sign a co-promotion agreement uh, with the largest and biggest promoters from around the world. We want to unify. We want to work with everybody, and most importantly, we want to give our fighters, our talent, the best the best opportunities and the biggest fights. So I'm very, very excited about. About uh, Probellum, uh, this is a new a new kind of um, 
of boxing promotion company, which really looks at the entire sport uh, and not just at our uh, own little uh, sandbox. So I'm very excited about it. I'm glad you said one thing I want to pick up on what you said there, Richard. You said the best fighting the best, and, and that's been an issue for us. I've often felt that too many belts, sometimes the very best, don't fight their very best opponent until it's too late. Is that where you've seen a gap in the market? Are you trying to bridge that? Are you trying to change what has been? And a lot of people might say, well, hold on a second, Chris. We've seen Wilder against Fury. We've seen Canelo Alvarez just the other night taking on Caleb Plant. But are you in there, not to be necessarily a disruptor, are you there maybe to fix the ills that we have seen seep into boxing in recent times? Oh, absolutely. We are a unifier. We want to work together with everybody and we want to be like the voice of reason. We want to we want to make sure that whatever we can is to help the sport, help to get the fans, the fights they want to see. Look, if you look at other sports, you always compete the best against the best, whether it be in 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 in, in football with the Champions League or the, or the or the national tournaments or in the Olympics or in soccer with the World Cup. I mean, football with the World Cup. So you have all of these, the World Series in baseball here, the Stanley Cup in hockey. We want to create that environment where it's much easier, much more fan-friendly for the fight fans to follow the sport of boxing. That doesn't mean trying to push anybody out. No, to the contrary, we want to embrace everybody. Look, we signed deals now where we are co-promoters with the leading promoter in Canada, in Puerto Rico, in the Dominican, in Russia. Uh, I mean, all around Australia, New Zealand, I could go on, Mexico, we could go on and on. So um, that's what we want to be, the unifying force to help in any way, shape or form to ensure that the best fight the best. And the single most important thing is to give these young men and women the opportunities they deserve. Now, Rich, I'll go back to 2011, it was. I called up uh, the gym in LA where Freddie Roach has made home, the wild card gym. I had a long chat with him, just phoned up at random. You know Freddie better than I do. And I explained who I was. I was a young journalist and he said, I'll, I'll give you time of day. I spent an hour on the phone with Freddie. He talked up the prospect of Manny Pacquiao fighting over here in Dubai. Nothing came of it. It ended up being a bit of, we saw promoters, Eddie Hearn, still famous for it. He talks up Dubai. And I often say to people that ask, will never happen. Not enough deep pockets will make fights happen here. You're changing that though. The landscape is changing ever slightly because Coca-Cola Arena, Saturday, December the 11th, Probellum Revolution. Sonny Edwards, he's defending his IBF flyweight title against Jason Mama. We've got John Riel Casemiro, he's putting his WBO bantamweight title on the line against the UK's Paul Butler. Do you see a growth market in this part of the world? Oh, absolutely. This is one of our prime, uh, our major uh, t targets to really build boxing. And, uh, you know, I mean, if I if I look at if you Google actually uh, best, you know, we're going to be a few weeks away from uh, from New Year's. And if you go and Google um, firework, best fireworks show in the world for New Year's, what pops up is Dubai. Mm -hmm. And here we're going to be December 11th, a few weeks before that. We are going to have an early fireworks show, this one taking place in the Coca-Cola arena. And it's going to be uh, lighting up the boxing world. Uh, this is this is a two two world championship fights. Uh, 
plus a four-weight uh, world champion, one of the best fighters ever to come out of the Philippines, Donnie Nietes. And then you have uh, just a stacked, a loaded card. For example, Arky Sharp, 21 and 0. Uh, Jono, uh, Jono Carroll with 20 and 2. So you look at all of these records and all of these fighters. These are young men. They want to come and prove themselves. And what better place than Dubai? I look. I've done a lot of world championship fights in in the they call it the mecca of boxing in the in in the world, and that's Las Vegas. And I really believe that Dubai has and will over time become the new fight capital of the world. And um, we are there to help, to assist, to build. Uh, it's a fantastic region. Uh, it is centrally located. Uh, you have visitors from all over the world. And I was fortunate to have been in Dubai many times. For those who haven't, go to Dubai. I mean, it's safe, it's clean. Uh, the, kind of, the kind of hospitality is really second to none. So yes, Dubai will become the fight capital of the world and for us, at Probellum to do our very first event in our company history, to do that from Dubai shows you our commitment to Dubai and to the entire region. So the only thing I can say, let the revolution begin, let the revolution begin. And you're absolutely right, a loaded card. But you know what the best news is about that loaded card? The be going to watch it in an absolutely first-class venue, yeah. the Coca-Cola Arena. I mean, it doesn't get better than that, but actually it does. You know, for how much? You For as little as 50 dirham, you can go and witness one of the greatest boxing cards uh, Dubai and the Emirates have seen. One thing I will give you credit for, Richard, you, you've not made a gimmick out of this, and I want to get your thoughts. As a man who's worked in this business for a long time, I know different people have different thoughts, different strokes for different folks and all. I, and I think you can kind of know where I'm going with this. I, I'll tell you it straight, Richard, I am not a fan of YouTubers pertaining no. to be boxers. Not having it in a month of Sundays. I'm told that it's good for business, that it gives you eyeballs to the boxing. We spoke to Josh Taylor, undisputed light welterweight champion, a couple of weeks ago and he said wait a minute what about the guys and gals who sacrifice their life to be a top boxer what about our opportunities where do you stand in this one your Jake Pauls versus your Tommy Furies is there a place for it in boxing well you know um, boxing is a sport and sport is entertainment um, you know, in golf, you have like the senior tour. Uh, but, you know, I personally believe boxing, you don't play. Boxing is a very dangerous sport because it's two men in small gloves hitting each other. And I think it's very dangerous. It's dangerous for some of these older guys like, um, you know, Mike Tyson's, Evander Holyfield's. We, see, we saw what happened when Holyfield fought again. They had their time. And I think it's dangerous, and I'm really not a fan of that. And I really believe as well, um, it's not their time. It's the time for these young fighters who go every morning, uh, five o'clock in the morning, go and run, spend the whole day in the gym training, hitting the heavy bat, the speed bat, go and spar and prepare themselves to be in the best shape to go and take on these challenges. That's what boxing is. And um, the other ones, you know, are to a certain extent, like if you take a Jake Paul or so, you know, they it's entertainment. 
and they are fighting sort of like guys who are at the same level and they're evenly matched and people have a choice i mean here in the united states this is a fight which is on pay-per-view so i always say pay-per-view is is really the purest form for judging uh, a consumer's appetite and people have a choice they can buy it if they are intrigued by it or they don't have to so i let people people should have choices and they should be able to make their own choice so i have less of an issue uh with that because you don't need to watch would you watch you it? Like it would you watch it richard don't i don't watch it uh i i don't watch it i i just doesn't really uh, it's it's it doesn't really intrigue me, uh, so I'm not really that it's not, interested. It's not getting in me it. into boxing. Um, I've got to be honest. No, it's not. It's not getting. And also, I think one of the great things about sport, particularly international sport, watching it on TV, is you want to watch the best yeah. do what they do well. I don't care what sport it is. You know, it could be tiddlywinks. If someone does it incredibly well. It's amazing how, you know, the Olympics is a showcase for that. I don't want to watch Jake Paul. I'm the I've same. got no interest. And, and that's one thing about you, Richard. You have surrounded yourself with the best. You've worked with Oscar De La Hoya. You've worked with Floyd Mayweather. You've worked with Sol Canelo Alvarez. I'm sure you've had this question a million times before. Of all the men that you've worked with, Richard, who in your eyes is the very best that you have had the pleasure of witnessing up close? Well, you know, I always thought it was uh, Floyd Mayweather, who is just an amazing talent, and his record undefeated speaks for itself. And, uh, you know, he fought sort of like the best of his of his of his era as well and he he always won but um having seen now how canelo alvarez has challenged himself against the very best against the against the toughest opponents uh, most recently this past saturday to become the undisputed um 168 pound world champion first ever latino mexican uh, and one of only six six men to achieve that in the history of boxing uh, that's something where you don't see Floyd Mayweather's name on it. Uh, so I, I do believe that um, Canelo must be right up there. And Canelo still is only 31 years old, so he's going to continue fighting. Uh, and so I believe when everything is said and done, that I do believe from the one fighters I've seen in the ring that um, Saul Canelo Alvarez uh, is the best fighter. Let, last one from me. We don't discriminate on this show. We love boxing. We love the fight game in general. Interested to read, Richard, as well, that you've been giving your considerable experience to John Jones, of course, the UFC superstar, former light heavyweight champion. You've taken on a bit of an advisory role with John Jones. How is that going and how is John? Uh, well, John is okay. He's training hard. Um, he had a little incident, uh, he had an incident, I shouldn't say a little, had an incident uh, a few months or months ago or so in Las Vegas. Uh, and we'll have to see how that plays out. But I have a great relationship with Dana White and uh, Hunter Campbell. And so I've been uh, able to advance uh, to make the talks to make John Jones' dream to fight for the heavyweight uh, title a uh, reality. And we are targeting sometime uh, in the, towards the middle of next year, uh, April, May, June, uh, for John to move up to heavyweight and go and fight the winner of uh, Francis Agano against uh, 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 crime. And so um, I, 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 you know, he is training hard. He's in amazing shape. He is right now at around 265 pounds, all muscle. He's very strategic about going uh, gaining his gaining weight, similar like the man behind me here, um, 
uh, Bernard Hopkins, uh, very smart fighter. That's the reason why John Jones is still undefeated, which is which is makes him the goat uh, of uh, MMA. I mean, even Dana White acknowledges that. So um, we'll see. He's the goat of MMA. You're one of the goats when it comes to promotion. There's no doubt about it. Richard Schaefer, a real pleasure to have you on the show. December 11th, Probellum Revolution, Coca-Cola Arena, Saturday evening. Final one from me, Rich. Are you going to be over in Dubai wearing a lovely suit for the evening? Well, actually, good question. Uh, I was planning on doing that, but this is going to be a big night all around for uh, Probellum because that same night uh, we are going to have a fight here in uh, Los Angeles in Carson, California where the legendary nine-time world champion from four different weight classes Nonito Donaire will be defending his world title and so uh, I'm going to have to see uh, that we can split up our uh, Probellum team uh, but I certainly hope uh, I can find I can find my way because Am I excited about that card? It's absolutely incredible. You mentioned the fights. I just quickly want to leave you with that. Sonny Edwards, Jason Mama, Casimiro, and Paul Blood Butler. I mean, these are toe-to-toe actions and battles. And when you look at these four fighters, you know what their combined record is? They had together 96 fights and only four losses. 96 wins and four losses, total of 100 fights. I mean, that's like tells you everything you need to know about the strength of the card of the two co-main events. And uh, man, I can't wait for the first bell to ring there at the Coca-Cola Arena and make the Coca-Cola Arena arena the destination in the world for boxing. You're a top man, Richard. Thank you so much for getting up early. 6.30, the alarm went off this morning. You're a professional as what you are. Richard Schaefer, the new president of Probellum. Always a pleasure. Don't be a stranger. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, Rich. Thank you very much. All the best. The Off Script Podcast. Monster story in the world of golf today because the European Tour has announced a brave new dawn with a confirmation of a huge title sponsorship deal with Dubai-based DP World. Now, CEO Keith Pell, a good friend of Robbie and I, someone who does seem to, Robbie, enjoy the cut of our jib. I don't know what it is, but Keith's a fan of off-script. Must be all the softball questions we throw his way. <laughs> there was no softball questions for Keith today, let me tell you, because let's get into this. Caught up with Keith on the sidelines of this massive announcement. What does it mean for the fans? What does it mean for the players? They were all the questions I put to Keith. It's a monster deal. As of next year, 2022, it's no longer the European Tour. It will be known as the DP World Tour. And listen, there's only one place to start for me. Yes, it sounds great. Yes, the players will be well looked after. Yes, there's more money for those guys to play for. But what about the fan? What does, in layman's terms, this deal mean for the fan? Oh, I think what it means for the for the fan is that the tour is going to be elevated in every possible way. DP World Tour, the concept behind it, and it's a landmark, is to elevate the tour in every way to help grow the game globally. So that means right here in Dubai as well, and to drive a positive community impact. Next week at the DP World Tour Championship is our final of the European Disabled uh, Golf Association Tour, which is golfers with a disability. So next year, that tour, based on the resources and the capital provided by DP World, will grow even further. So 
That combined with the already strong alliance that we have with the PGA Tour, we've got a lot of momentum. And for the fan, that means greater exposure and greater and more tournaments. And uh, it's it's easy to get excited about. As for the player, Keith, new minimum prize fund of two million at all tournaments. What in the conversations that you've had, Keith, with the players? What has their feedback been like? Uh, the, you know, we started to talk to the players in the last 24 hours. Uh, we met with the tournament committee yesterday, and they were just dumbfounded. In the heels of a pandemic, we are going to have the richest prize purse ever in the history of the European Tour. And when you think about it, in 2020, our, per, our purse was $70 million, and then this year in 2021, it was 104, and next year it will be on top of north of $140 million. So when you look at every player at every different level, at every different category, it affects them. So it's a minimum of $2 million uh, U.S. per tournaments that we are solely sanctioning. The DP World Tour Championship is going to $10 million. So depending upon what level you are, whether you are just coming from the Challenge Tour or whether you are already playing at the highest level, you will benefit. And then, again, the resources and the investment that it allows us to do is it allows us to invest in the Challenge Tour, which is obviously the up-and-coming tour for the European Tour. You go to the Challenge Tour and you, you compete there and you graduate to the European Tour. And we are going to invest in that, but not just from a prize fund perspective and from an events perspective, but also from an experience for the players so that they can better prepare themselves for the next level. So we will invest in the challenge tour, i.e. in physio, in fitness equipment rooms, in in player lounges, in nutritional information, everything we can to prepare the players for the next level. And that's all because of now the capital investment of DP World. And what is the future looking like, Keith? Because there will be some that say, well, maybe this is a direct consequence of the emergence. We know about the Saudi Golf League, or I think it's now got the working title, Live Golf Investments. We've got the Premier Golf League. Is this a direct consequence of those kind of emerging kind of tours that are just sprouting up in the recent times? I will tell you that that the, the PGA Tour and that strategic alliance has far exceeded my expectations. Uh, they, they went from competitors to partners overnight, and we're working on all facets of our business together, and that's great for global golf. Three co-sanctioned with the PGA Tour events for 2022. I guess that leads nicely on to the next question. Does it raise the prospect in the future of a co-sanctioned event right here in the Middle East? That's a possibility. The way that we have put it right now with the PGA Tour and the discussions that we're having is everything's on the table. Everything is something that is available for discussion. We know that the, uh, the UAE is a very important region for us. And if it's an important region for us, it is now based on the strategic alliance, an important region for the PGA Tour. If we've got the house in order now, what about on the golf course, Keith? Uh, is there any concern, I know speaking with Robbie, about a, maybe a lack of talent emerging in Europe versus the influx of young stars that are coming into the game in the United States? Does that cause you sleepless nights? Well, it depends who you ask. You can see the up-and-coming stars, and I, I hear your Scottish accent, and, and I saw somebody last night, Connor Sign. There is an up-and-coming player. Mm. You've got, you know, uh, Robert McIntyre, another up-and-coming Scottish player. Look at the two Hogarth brothers. Yeah. Sensational. I'm not as 
fussed about that as some of the others are. It comes and goes, and I think we have a lot of young talent that you'll see emerge over the next couple of years. DP World, of course, is a United Arab Emirates-based company. Yes, it's got its tentacles far and wide. I think it operates port operations in over 40 countries. Is there any part of this deal that puts a bit of pressure to see some more emerging talents come out of this part of the world? We would love to see that happen, and that's something that we will work very closely to ensure that that happens over the next number of years. There is nothing like national superstars in the sport. Take a look at Rory McIlroy when he plays in Ireland, Francesco Molinari when he plays in Italy, Jean Rahm two or three uh, weeks ago in Spain. It was euphoria when he was there. So there is nothing that we would like more than a local player to emerge from this region. Keith, I've known you a long time. You've been in the job a long time. Have you ever been more excited about the future of European Tour golf as you are today? I'm really excited. I'm excited about the partnership with DP World. I'm excited about the DP World Tour, the PGA Tour, and our relationship with Jay Monaghan and his entire team. Only thing it will do will test us and how creative we can be. And uh, that's a challenge that I really look forward to. Well, I'm looking forward to it as much as I'm looking forward to Scotland against Moldova. Keith Pelly, CEO. Come on, the Scots. Always a pleasure, Keith. We'll see you in Qatar. The Offscript Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please do go ahead and click subscribe. You can also check out our other podcasts, Time Capsule or The Big Interview. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. 